Welcome, listeners all around the world. I'm your host, Pastor Valerie French, on the front lines. I am in the trenches against the enemy fighting for your souls. The warfare is intense, but we have the victory in Christ Jesus. Blessings to everyone. Thank you for joining me on my talk show. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Kundalini Spirit. From coast to coast and worldwide on the internet via satellite, this is Luke 418 Radio Network. into Luke 418 Radio Talk Show, the leading cutting edge of Christian radio. Exposing the works of darkness and declaring a life of righteousness. Your host, Pastor Bill and Valerie French. Praise God. Well, you know, we have my sister here today, Minister Barbara Lee. Hi, Barb. You want to say a few words to everyone? Hi, everyone. How's everybody tonight? We're having a, in the great Northwest right now, we're having a beautiful afternoon. It's still light up here, and it's just very pretty up here today. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. So, praise God. There's a lot about the Holy Spirit that we as Christians don't know. There's many misconceptions out there about the Kundalini Spirit. So, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray the Lord to impart a blessing on everyone that was watching this program or listening to this broadcast today. Father, I thank you so much for all the things you have given us, all the things you have blessed us with to keep this channel on the air, to go out to the whole nations and preach the gospel to everyone about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're in very dark times now in the world, and we need the Lord more now than ever. Praise God. The Lord has done great things on this earth. We've seen things now that are in biblical proportions, which I have heard many times said in many places and we have seen extreme natural disasters and all kinds of things that i have never seen before on the earth yes we are in the last days my friends but we are going to be discussing today the kundalini spirit i believe that there's a lot of misinformation out there about the kundalini spirit and the holy spirit just what is the true holy spirit when my sister and I were growing up many years ago, it was very different than it is today. The mainline churches and the young Christian churches pretty much all talked about the biblical view of the Holy Spirit. But nowadays, it seems like there's so much misinformation out there, and the Christians go and hear all kinds of things that are not even in the Scripture or the Bible concerning the Holy Spirit. And when they don't have the discerning of the Holy Spirit, and they don't test the spirits, as the Scripture says, they can run into trouble out there and be, in fact, involved in cults, in false spirits, in evil spirits that can infest them, 
from all kinds of wrong teaching. Well, Barbara, you and I have grown up in a very amazing time. We have seen the church the way it used to be when we were younger, all the way now until we're seeing the things that are happening today in the churches. So we've got a very amazing education on all this is happening with the Holy Spirit, haven't we? Yeah, we sure do. So, yeah, yeah go ahead. We've we've been there, done that, haven't we? We've been in so many meetings, and we've watched God work. We've watched God do miraculous things for us and our family members and our loved ones. I have many testimonies about uh, praying to God and seeing Him answer my prayers about my son with miraculous healing when he was a child. And I also have many testimonies of how God has answered my prayers and healed my body in so many, many ways and so many times. Holy Spirit is so powerful, and He's right there. And all you do is ask Him. All you do is talk to Him. He is a person of the threefold trinity of the Holy Spirit. And you speak to Him and like you'd speak to a friend, and you're personable with Him, and He's personable with you. And He's right there with you 24-7. You can ask Him anything, and He will... Uh, listen to you and he will answer you when you learn how to hear God's voice he will answer you and you and he will answer your prayers um, and I just praise God that we've had this uh, experience as we've grown up and all the wonderful things that uh, we've done and all the the meetings we've been in and all the uh, worship and all the experiences we've had um, many places and many times with many different uh, communities and groups of Christians and and uh, we, we do have an amazing testimony, don't we, Valerie, about how God's worked through us and used us in so many ways. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, when I first became a Christian, there was a little church in Santa Ana, California that had just started up, and it was started by a man named Chuck Smith, and it was called Calvary Chapel. And, you know, it was so tiny back then, nobody it knew anything about this back then. Now it is such a worldwide church. It is amazing. Almost everybody you talk to has heard of Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel. And when I first was saved, when I was 16, and I went to Calvary Chapel, there was a uh, baseball field down the street, and Chuck had just had visions of going and buying that baseball field and starting uh, a church by putting a circus tent there in Costa Mesa, California. And you know, can you imagine that, a circus tent? Back then, you have to understand the way we were all thinking and brought up that day. In, in the world, you just never put a church in a circus tent. My goodness, everybody think you're crazy. Uh, they thought back then that a lot of things were uh, not to do. They were taboo as Christians. Uh, you weren't supposed to do that kind of thing. Um, a church is supposed to be in a building. It's very sacred. And there was a, you have to have a cross in the front, you know, and look, think of a, a little country church, you know, kind of setting. And they would never think to do anything like that. And uh, we look at what's going on today, and it's far different than what it was back then. But he set up a circus tent there, and a lot of people came of the kids that would come from high school and all different places. 
and many people saw them as hippies because they wore blue jeans and bare feet. We had uh, 70s clothes on with vests and long hair, and oh my gosh, the church just went up in arms. We had rock and roll music. My goodness. The <laughs> church just thought, wow, these guys are of the devil. They're playing a rock and roll song in church. That was never heard of back then. But you know what? I went as a young girl, teenager, and I loved to go in my jeans and sit on the uh, shag rug floor, I remember that, and listen to praise music and listen to Chuck speak and listen to the rock and roll, Christian rock and roll, which began there at Calvary Chapel. And it became so big, it went through the whole world. And so many people were saved because of Chuck Smith. There was mighty works done through this ministry. It was the beginning of the Jesus movement in the early 70s. And there's so much more now that has come out from all of that. But one of the things that Chuck, Chuck of all the things he did good, there was a couple things he did that was not really that good. What he did originally is he had afterglows where we would come on Wednesday night and uh, he would preach a little message and then we would pray. Well, there was a, uh, the Holy Spirit was coming in in a mighty way into these meetings and at the tent and the music and there were people getting healed and things were happening. But nobody really understood the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit at that time. And then there were some problems that happened where people were getting pulled out of wheelchairs and the people were speaking in tongues all over the place. And, and then there was uh, things manifesting and things that were happening in the church. Well, Chuck got a little frightened about all of this. And instead of just stopping the problems and keeping the right sense of the Holy Spirit and what it should be, he just kicked the whole thing out, the baby with the bathwater, and he just said, we're just not going to do any of that here anymore. And that's the beginning of why the Chuck Smith Word of God churches do not care for the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the healing for today, and they believe in sensationism where they believe that uh, he developed this where he believed that the apostles and the disciples after that, there was no more healing. There was no more tongues. There was no more outpouring. So I felt that he did an injustice to the whole church in doing that. And uh, that was a problem within the Calvary Church. But it didn't stop the Holy Spirit and it didn't stop the Christians from wanting the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So another man, John Wimber, started a church called the Vineyard. And the Vineyard, he let them have the spiritual gifts and the church using the Holy Spirit in the services. And it was much better that way because he allowed this to happen. Well, the same thing kind of happened with the Vineyard over so many years. It was a viable church for many, many years. And then... Around the mid-90s, other people started coming that had some false teaching into the vineyard. And there was no discerning of these false teachings. So then came in what was called the Toronto Blessing. 
and that was some people from Canada came, and they went into the vineyard, and they said, well, the Holy Spirit is coming in a big, dynamic way, and now we're going to have these uh, physical and spiritual manifestations at the church. And people were going to the services, and all of a sudden, and it seems very funny and comical now to us, but people were barking like dogs and quacking like ducks and jumping all over the place and doing backflips and, and they call it swinging from chandeliers, doing all kinds of goofy things and saying it's the Holy Spirit. They were flowing through rivers of the Holy Spirit with circling around and around and all kinds of things that they were doing. Well, this was out of order. This was not what the Holy Spirit is, because the Holy Spirit is gentle, peaceable. He's in order. He's not in disorder. So see, they take something good, and then they go to extremes, and then they create these false things that turns it into something that is not of God. So where do we find in Scripture teachings about the Holy Spirit? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom ye have from God, and you are not your own? It says in this scripture that the Holy Spirit indwells us. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we are born again, and Jesus Christ comes into our spirit, that is becomes a holy temple to the Lord. This is where the Holy Spirit dwells. This is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as being born again. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1, 5 verse 23, there's a very important verse. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May you whole spirit, soul, body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This scripture talks about that we are a three-part being. We are body, soul, and spirit. So when the Holy Spirit indwells you when you're born, ag uh, born again, you have a indwelling of the Holy Spirit with the Trinity in our spirit man. And we talk a lot about that here on Luke 418 Radio and Luke 418 Church, about the fact that the spirit man cannot be invaded or indwelt by demons once you are born again. That becomes a temple. It's holy to the Lord. This is your spirit man. But the demons can invade your body and your soul. But being the spirit man, this is very important because this is where the initial Holy Spirit dwells. Now in Acts chapter 2, it gives a little story about what happened during the New Testament, the time of the disciples, the apostles, after Jesus had risen and after he had left the earth rising from the dead after three days in the grave, and when he went to see the Father, and after the transfiguration, and all the things that Jesus did, and before he left his time on the earth. And then he told his disciples, he said, wait for the coming of the gift, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, in Jerusalem, in after ten days. 
So they waited in the upper room, and this is the second chapter of Acts, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and that was the day when they were supposed to be in the upper room waiting for this gift from God. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues, or cloven tongues, as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is a very important time when the Lord sent the Holy Spirit to indwell the believers. And this is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a difference between the two. When you're born again and you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you do get the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity in your spirit man. But as yet, you have not been baptized by the Holy Spirit. You must ask for that gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you receive one or nine or all not you can get all the gifts if you if God so wills it but you can get one or two or three of the gifts so how many ever the lord wants you to have now this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and barb would you like to read that about the nine gifts yes i i do have my bible today and i i am having to flip to it uh, First Corinthians. Uh huh. Which chapter? Chapter twelve. Read one through eleven. Okay. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to become unaware or ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord, and there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the, distingu the distinguishing of spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He, capital H, infers the Holy Spirit, wills. Amen. Praise the Lord. So these nine gifts are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, according to verse 11, it is given according to the one that wills this gifts to uh, to God to give you these gifts and uh, some people have all nine some people have one 
wants. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all according to what God wills as far as your calling in the Lord, what he feels you need. This is what you will receive. And it is amazing when we see people function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'll just go over a few of them because some of them people don't really understand what they are. There's one called the word of knowledge through the same spirit. That is when someone gets, when you're with uh, people in a congregation and the person using this gift, the Lord downloads into their mind and tells them things about you in order for you to get ministered to. And the Lord will say things about you as a knowledge about your life and specific things about you that no one else could know. And this is, takes people aback many times, but this is a beautiful gift used under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to minister to those who receive it. And another is the word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom is a little different. The word of wisdom is that you, when you go into a church service or when you go into ministering between a, a group of people or just between two people, you have a wisdom about the whole situation that's going on at the time. You kind of understand all the facets of everything that's going on in the setting of environment of where you are. That is a wisdom about the person, the things that are happening in their life, and a wisdom about what's going on in the church, maybe what kind of uh, spirits are in the church, and maybe wisdom about certain particular situations that you might be facing in your church to give you wisdom about those situations. And this is a beautiful gift that is used by the Holy Spirit. And of course, uh, teaching about faith and healing. If you have the gift of faith, you have tremendous faith. You can see these wonderful ministers of God, uh, Reinhard Bunke, uh, ministers who have great faith, uh, there's there's uh, Billy Graham and some of these great ministers of God. You can see that they have great faith in God. And many, many more people have this gift of faith. And they can speak to things and have great faith about things that are going to happen and tell you things, wow, I have faith that God is going to bring us this building or God is going to bring us this uh, this beautiful uh Revival that's going to be happening. A lot of things about your life, about faith in your life, about God is going to heal your body. Now, the gift of healing is healing. Actually, when you lay hands on someone and they are healed from an alien, alien an, uh, ailment or a disease or something, sickness that they may have, they can be completely healed and restored by those with the gift of healing. The gift of discerning of spirits is a very important gift to do deliverance, to cast out evil spirits. Like we do here at Luke 418 Church and Radio, we use and function in this gift of the discerning of spirits. It means that you can tell what spirit is in someone and what is happening with that person, and you can tell the different spirits, the different evil spirits. You can even use discerning of spirits when you're walking down the street or going to a mall. You can see what kind of spirits are out there in that city. You can see what kind of spirits are in the other people. And it's, it's a very amazing and miraculous gift to use. 
And then, of course, we have prophecy, people who give great prophecies of future events and prophecies to people about what's going to happen in their lives. And these are all wonderful, wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, tongues is a beautiful gift, but some in the church are afraid of it. The gift of tongues, there should be nothing to be afraid of with the gift of tongues. And they call the gift of tongues that the evidence of the Holy Spirit is in you if you use the gift of tongues. And it is a beautiful uh, we call it in the church language to talk to God in the spirit man to God and many times you can talk to him in your tongues now tongues can also be a tongue or a dialect of a nationality it's like in the second chapter of Acts where we see in the chapter that they all of a sudden spoke with tongues in that sense they were speaking with dialects of other countries so the people that were there in Jerusalem during that time of the festivals were all different kinds of people from all different nationalities and the Lord gave them the gift of tongues in the in the upper room the 120 there at the second chapter of Acts at Pentecost so they were talking in everybody else's dialect which they did not know and other people came up and said how do you know my dialect you're not a of my nationality but it was the gift of tongues and it's a beautiful gift and Paul says I speak with tongues more than you all so it's it's a beautiful gift to speak to the Lord we can speak with tongues of men we can also speak with the tongues of angels praise God so that is a wonderful gift to speak to the Lord I believe personally that when you speak in tongues there's another little facet of it that I found wonderful is that when I speak in tongues to the Lord I believe that the devil can't tell what I'm saying in angelic tongues to the Lord so he can't tell to come against it because I'm speaking straight to God in a beautiful angelic tongue and along with the nine gifts of the Spirit there's much more that the Holy Spirit does the Lord brings a beautiful anointing in with the Holy Spirit He's very gentle. And in 1 John chapter 2:27, it says, "But the anointing which you have received from the Holy Spirit abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie. And just as it is taught to you, you will abide in him." Well, this is speaking about the anointing from the Holy Spirit teaching you things. And the Holy Spirit will teach us many things. The Holy Spirit can teach you things about what you're doing in the ministry. It can talk to you and give you direction in your life. Many times people hear the voice of the Holy Spirit giving them advice where to go and what to do uh, maybe you're going down the street the Holy Spirit can also tell you to be aware of something and not get in hurt many times people can be driving down in their car on the street and all of a sudden they hear the Holy Spirit saying oh don't go that way it's dangerous down there see that's the Holy Spirit we must get our ears attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit it's here in our inner man in our chest we can feel this knowing from the Holy Spirit because either you're going to hear it from yourself 
your own words and your own imaginations. You're going to hear it from the Holy Spirit, or you're going to hear it from the devil. And many times it's hard to tell because the enemy can come as an angel of light and make it sound like it's the Holy Spirit when it's not. And many times we can imagine things in our life and say things we think, oh, that was the Holy Spirit, but it was just us imagining it in our mind. And then it's the true Holy Spirit. Well, it takes a little practice to understand which one's which. And through that discerning, you can understand which one is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. In John chapter 14, verse 16, it says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is peaceful. He's gentle. It's a still, small voice in your spirit, man, that you hear. And he comforts us. He's called the paraclete to walk alongside of us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father are one. So you're never going to hear anything from the Holy Spirit that conflicts what the Father or Jesus is telling you. They all work together like a beautifully oiled machine, and yet they're one and yet they're three. This is the mystery of the Trinity, and we must believe it by faith that it exists. It's a beautiful, beautiful relationship. And the Holy Spirit is a wonderful part of the Trinity and in our lives. There is another aspect of the Holy Spirit called the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we sin, when we make a mistake or we go our own way or we premeditatively sin, the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. This is very, very hard for some of us to accept because, you know, when I first received that conviction of the Holy Spirit after I was born again, I went, oh, I don't like this. The Holy Spirit's telling me I can't do this, I can't do that. Oh, man. And then when I used to sin, I would feel horrible. When I was not a Christian, I was fine. didn't bother me. But when I was a, a Christian, boy... The minute I sinned, oh, my life was like hell. It was horrible. I couldn't, it was just a mess. I was like, I, oh, this is horrible, this horrible conviction of the Holy Spirit. I just, wow, it's, it's just, but then again, as I got older in the Lord, I changed my attitude about that. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing. Without it, we would be falling into all kinds of trouble. We would be doing things that would keep us from the perfect will of God in our lives. It would keep us out of the anointing that is so precious to us as Christians. We don't want to lose that sense of having Jesus with us. It's so beautiful. But there's certain things that we can do to cause that to be quenched. So the conviction of the Holy Spirit is a good thing. It tells us we want to turn around and do the right thing and go the other way and repent and not follow that course of our lives anymore so we can become all that God wants us to be and be having that close relationship with Jesus Christ. And we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit because like I said, the Holy Spirit is extremely gentle and there's times where we can say or do things that quench the Holy Spirit. It causes the Holy Spirit pain when we cuss or when we say some horrible thing 
or when we do a sin or when we do some terrible thing, it causes him pain, and it's called quenching the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do that. So praise God. I wanted to go over some of the scriptures, some of the things in the Bible about the true Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit operates in order for us not to be taken in by the false teaching. The knowing of the Holy Spirit is very precious to us, and it is unlike anything the world has to offer. The scripture says, the peace that passes all understanding. The Holy Spirit and the anointing is so important, and the world does not know this peace. The world does not know this anointing. This anointing is very precious. And like when I'm ministering or when I'm at church and I come up to do a teaching, I can feel that anointing on me. And it's very precious, and I'm very, very grateful to God to have this anointing. But it does come where you have to keep your life holy and righteous before God. Like I said, the thing that will cut it off is sin. If you're in any kind of sin, if you have any fear, if you have any anger, you're not going to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is a given. And we tend to think that we can come to Christ and go to church and receive all kinds of things that are not from the Holy Spirit, let's say. People have changed a lot of the things, the biblical things that are taught in the scripture about the Holy Spirit. They have gone into a free-for-all, and now we have something called the Kundalini Spirit, which is in the church, in rampant now, in the church, and it's not of God. Friends, listeners, viewers, the Kundalini Spirit is not from the Lord. It is a false Holy Spirit, a counterfeit in the body of Christ. And because the church has not understood, they've not used the discerning and tested the spirits, as it says in Scripture, they've let everyone and everything come into their churches. They have not tested it to see whether it is of God or not. They've not listened to the Holy Spirit to see whether this is a false teaching or not. If it sounded good and it was something everyone was doing, they just ride on this huge froth of wave into this false teaching just because they could get more members or they could have some sensationalism come in their church where thousands of people would attend and they get on this bandwagon, we used to say, and they roll with it, and then they end up in this false teaching. Now, m much of this has come in the mid-90s until now. It's been about 25 years now where this teaching has come into the church. And the Kundalini spirit started around the time of a Canadian person who used to come and go to different churches in the United States and now all around the world. And this man was full of tattoos, which is one thing that is not of God. Tattoos alone would tell you there that it's not of the Lord. He had tattoos of Christ on him. 
He had all kinds of tattoos. Well, tattoos are a sin. You have committed a sin when you get a tattoo. It is a cutting. It is a blood ritual. It gives power to demons. And no one who is a Christian should have a tattoo put on them. It's very dangerous. And yet I understand people who have come to know the Lord and already have had lots of tattoos. These tattoos, you can put the anointing oil on them and pray over them and take away those spirits that are in it and cleanse that person from those tattoos. But this man came with all these tattoos. He went on stage. He was very arrogant. And he said that the Lord had told him to come and pray for people to get healed and that he had been talking to a spirit called Bam. He also said that he had been talking to a spirit called Emma O. Well, in the if you know anything about the spiritual realm, and you should, we should know these things, there are no female angels. There only are neuter angels in the appearance of males. Because there's no, it's, there's no reproduction in heaven. We are all like the saints of God, the angels in the glory of God. So there are no female angels. So that would tell you right there that the things that Emma O was telling him was not of God. And there's other things that he got from all kinds of people prophesying to him and telling him a lot of things that were not of the Lord at all. And he created a very sensationalism with the kundalini spirit in his meetings. He thought that the angel Bam came and told him that he would pray and people would get healed and the angels would throw them up against the wall and it would go bam and they would be healed. Because when he started his ministry, he had an encounter with some angel that said they were from God and it threw him up against the wall named Bam. Well, that's not scriptural whatsoever. The Holy Spirit is gentle and peaceable. He's not going to go in and strike you like a two-by-four against the wall. And another thing that was happening with the kundalini spirit is that people were waking up with gold teeth in their mouth. They were having gold glitter fall down from the sky and come into their Bibles. They were having bubbles float throughout the room, feathers falling from the sky. These were like angel feathers and gems appearing all over the congregation. Well, many people were sensationalized, astonished, I would say, about all these miracles happening and riding on this wind. But nothing in the Bible says that all these manifestations would take place by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit comes with a purpose. There's something called the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And these things are all to appease the person who's seeing the miracles. It's all for self-gratification. There's no ministry or edification taking place with all these funny miracles. And yes, even the demons can heal. So I believe there were times where healings would take place in some of these services, and they thought it was the Lord healing them. But the demons can do many things, and the devil can do many things masking the Holy Spirit. So we must be very wary 
and very uh, discerning of spirit and understand what is of the Holy Spirit and what isn't. And why we know so well about this here at Luke 418 Church is that we've had many, many people come to our counseling center that were having all kinds of problems because they had been to one of these meetings and got the Kundalini Shaktapa, which is a uh, touch of the uh, person giving them the Kundalini spirit on their forehead. Of course, they don't call it the Kundalini spirit in any of these meetings. They call it the Holy Spirit, and they get touched in the forehead by this Holy Spirit, <laughs> and then they go back and fall on the ground, and then they have all kinds of encounters and visions and all kinds of kaleidoscope-colored things and things happening to them and visions and uh, spectacular things. But this is not the true Holy Spirit. The Kundalini spirit is a serpent, my friends. It is a demonic serpent that coils itself around the base of your spine. And then it travels up your seven chakras and it causes havoc in your body. Many people have all kinds of problems when they come to the counseling center, neurological and different things because of this Kundalini spirit. Many people that have experienced the Kuras, where their necks are jerking back and forth uncontrollably. Kiras, and they are having troubles because they can't stop it. And this is a definite manifestation of the Kundalini spirit. And to a lot of people in the world, it all looks very ridiculous. But it, it really does look very ridiculous in many of the meetings. But, you know, I... I don't want to judge the people that get involved in this too harshly because they've been deceived and they don't know their Bible. They don't know the scriptures. There's, there's many manifestations to this kundalini spirit, and I'll mention just a few. There's heat and strange activity and blissful sensations in the head, particularly in the crown area or where the crown chakra is a childlike drunken stupor, a burning sensation either in their veins, their heads, or their stomachs, being washed back and forth like waves in the ocean, dancing about like drunk, inappropriate yelling and screaming, people with their eyes rolled back in the heads, weaving back and forth like snakes, people being slain in the spirit or unable to move, swooning, electricity, power that they're feeling is coming up from the ground, kaleidoscope colors and smells. They have experience of rushes of energy throughout their body. They have numbness or pain in their limbs, spontaneous vocalizations, crying and laughing that's uncontrollable, energy rushes, hearing inner sounds and buzzing in their ears, drum and waterfall sounds, whooshing, roaring, ringing in their ears, headaches, pressures within their skull, episodes of extreme hyperactivity, heightened awareness in trance-like states, involuntary bodily movements, like I said, the, the kiras in their necks and their heads, violently moving back and forth. They have emotional outbursts, rapid mood swings, 
mental confusion, difficulty concentrating, hot flashes, nervousness, increased sexual energy or diminished sexual desires, changed in eating and sleep patterns. So there's many, many manifestations of the Kundalini. And like I said, during the 1995, when we were there and we had people from Canada come into the vineyard and they were having people bark like dogs and laugh uncontrollably. We had animal sounds and all kinds of things. And they just thought, oh, the Holy Spirit is coming into the service doing all these things. And they started believing that it was so, that it, this was the Holy Spirit. And people can become very deceived in thinking that the Lord can do all these amazing things, which He can. He can do these kinds of miracles. But like I said, the Lord does not do anything for no reason. He doesn't just put on a show to show some sparkly glitter coming down from heaven just to amaze the people. The Holy Spirit does it with a purpose. The Holy Spirit is there to edify, to teach, and it's there to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out the enemy. We want the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be evident in helping others, in seeing people healed, delivered, transformed in their lives. Yes, my friends, the Holy Spirit is there to help you, help the, the Lord do ministry through you, and to help others as servant to everyone. It's not there for some glittery self-satisfaction and, oh, wow, let's go to this meeting because look what's happening there. I want to see the glitter in my Bible. Barbara? Yes, um, the Holy Spirit uh, is gentle and in order and peaceable, and you can feel that God is uh, using you, and you are in control of what you're doing. And it sounds like when you were describing all those Kudalini attributes and manifestations that the people were not in control of that. Oh. It sounded like it was sensations in the body, but it's uh, something that you just want to have, like you said, you want to ask for the wisdom and the discernment of the Holy Spirit, and you want to have the people see if these things are of God or are not. Ask God. He will tell you. He will show you if these things that you're seeing and experiencing in a church group or a meeting that you're in, if they're of, of Him. And you will know, and you'll be able to discern, and you will probably be able to be protected from very many, many harmful things that the enemy has devised to, to deceive us and trick us. Mm -hmm. So as the Lord says that the enemy is a, he's a, he's a trickster. I just want other people to, to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want them to be used by God. I want them to experience his Holy Spirit, his tenderness, his peace that passes all understanding, and watch the Lord use you. It's so wonderful to experience the Holy Spirit speaking through you, using you to pray, lay hands on someone and seeing them healed, laying hands on yourself and seeing you healed of things and your loved ones, and uh, walking in faith and trust. And I just uh, built up in all these gifts. They're like muscles, and a muscle, if you don't use it, it's weak. But if you use the muscle, it becomes strong. 
strong. And that's the way it is with the gifts of the Spirit. If you use these gifts, they'll become strong in your life. And the Lord will use you in great many and powerful ways. Amen. And I just I just praise Him for all of it. Just thank Him for all of it. Praise Glory God. to God. Praise God, Barbara. Yes, Glory yes. to God. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is awesome. You know, I just wanted to mention, if you ever find yourself in one of these services, or if you've ever received a laying on of hands from someone and they are not of God, and uh, anything that happens to you like that, just go after that service or go out and say, I don't receive it. That is where you speak audibly and you say, I don't receive it. And you can do that under your breath to yourself, in your car, wherever you are, and say, I didn't receive that. So if you ever get a word that is not from the Holy Spirit or had someone lay hands on you, just say, I don't receive it. And you will not be vexed with the evil spirit initially that tries to get in in that fashion. That's how we protect us, Barb was saying, to protect ourselves from these false doctrines and things like that. And the false Holy Spirit that's been invading the church. And yes, the Holy Spirit, there is a gift of miracles. So I'm not saying that no miracles ever happen through the Holy Spirit. But it must be in a biblical setting, or I call it biblically consistent to Scripture. Would God do something like that? That's what you must ask yourself. And God does work in unusual ways. But like we are saying, it is not like a circus atmosphere. So we can, in a mature way, understand who and what the Holy Spirit is and how He operates in us as a Christian. And we can be more aware not to fall into these traps that other, other people have fallen into. We must know the Word of God. We must know the Scripture and read the Scriptures. Read the book of John. That is a good start to understand the Holy Spirit, to understand the way it is to be a Christian in a right way and not falling into traps of the enemy. Go to Luke 4.18 Church and get involved in the workshops and the teaching and the training. We'll definitely train you how to walk circumspectly with Christ in holiness and righteousness. And be aware of the scriptural teaching, because now, like no other time in history, there's a plethora of false teaching out there, and many, many things that can lead Christians astray. I want to thank all those that have watched today. I want to bless you out there with a spiritual blessing. And I pray for you out there in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will be healed. You will be delivered. You will be saved in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will be blessed beyond belief in your walk in Jesus Christ. Because he is there to bless you and give you great things in him. Amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you, Barbara. We God bless you. you, Valerie. I love you. We'll see you soon. Okay.